Good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, or just whatever. Uh, welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Um, I am Ryan Scott. I am your illustrious host, and uh, I'm super excited. Actually, I'm, I'm a little more excited than normal. Um, so all of those, those gurus of the podcast um, world, my, my friends, um, the Punk Rock Classroom, um, Mr. Uh, Hal Bowman and some of my other friends um, that run their podcasts have told me that once you get to the number seven, um, that's kind of like the lucky number seven because most podcasts fizzle out before then. So I'm super excited that tonight you or this morning will be listening to episode seven. And um, it's, it's actually pretty cool that I've got a good buddy of mine with us tonight. Um, he actually is one that I bounced around the idea for this podcast in the very beginning, um, whether or not I should do it. Um, he helped me come up with some of the graphics, helped me come up with some of the intros and the outros. Um, so I, you know, absolutely, um, love that he is going to be our number seven. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to my man, the mouth of the South, Taylor Armstrong. What's up, my man? What is up, buddy? I don't know that Mouth of the South is a good thing, but I will take it. Hey, come on now. The Mouth of the South is a good thing. That just means you got something to say. And you always got something to say. I know you do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I pretty much do. I, I, I try not to. You know, mom always taught me that if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. So I try to, I try to hold my tongue as much as I can. Well, you know, I uh, I have a different view of that because you know, um, as a as an administrator, you you'll understand this, but sometimes you'll have those parents that call um, and they are ranting and raving and hollering and hooping and and going full tilt. And some people would would say that's a negative thing, but I always tell those parents, look, don't be don't be sorry that you're upset because it tells me that you are passionate and that you care about your child. And so um, I, I try to carry that out to teachers in my building too. Like even those teachers that are the loudest, um, they're doing it because they're passionate. Um, I often am more worried about the teachers and the people that are kind of just sitting on the sidelines. So I would say um, the fact that you do have something to say is actually a very, very good thing. You know, they say, uh, people are worried about conflict and I, you know, I've always told people there's good conflict and bad conflict. Good conflict means we can disagree and we can have a discussion. Bad conflict means we just disagree and walk away. So let's have good conflict and talk about it. And we'll come to a resolution. Absolutely. So uh, Taylor, I, I, I invited you tonight um, to come on um, because you and I had talked about some really, I mean, we've talked about a lot of things, but you had a really, really good idea. And so tonight's idea, I think, is, is absolutely um, needed in the moment that we kind of are, we found ourselves um, right in the middle of this COVID thing, hopefully um, towards the end of it. Um, so tonight we're going we're gonna to kick around one of your ideas, and uh, it's, it's mainly geared towards teachers. And it's really, it's really something that I've been chewing on a lot lately. But before we jump into kind of the meat of our episode. I always want to jump in to model just that connections before 
um, content philosophy that I know you believe in and I definitely believe in and a lot of our listeners believe in. Um, so I've got something, this is a segment of the show that I call the two for two. And really just the, um, the whole purpose of this is just to get to know each other a little bit deeper, a little bit outside of that education realm. Um, so I've got two questions for you um, that I'm going to ask. And then after those two questions, you're going to turn around and ask me to. Sound good? Sounds great, man. All right, man. What is something that you really dislike, but you really have no good reason for disliking? Um, <laughs> well, there's there's quite a few of them. Uh, but I would, I would, so first off, being a Southerner, this is really just kind of a faux pas on me. I cannot stand sweet tea. What? Uh, I know, right? That's what everybody says. They're like, how are you from the South and you don't like sweet tea? But I've tried it. I've tried to like it. I just, I don't. And I don't get what everybody's so crazy about. I'm like, it's, it's dirty water and sugar. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, not that great. Right. You know, just give yeah. me water. What's really funny is, you know, I'm in um, Kentucky. I'm right on the Kentucky-Indiana border. So, you know, Kentucky's always been kind of a border state and you definitely... So like when you go north of the Ohio River and you eat out, you have to request sweet tea. Um, when you are south of the Ohio River and you eat out, you have to request unsweetened tea. Um, so it's really funny that you say you're not a sweet tea drinker. I don't like tea in any way, shape, or form, man. <laughs> I just Give me some water, man. I'm good. All right. All right, man. My next question. Um, now you are an Alabama guy, so I was interested to know if your state was represented by just one food, what would it be? One food, man, I would, <laughs> God, I almost, you know, I hate to say this. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for this. Uh, first off, I would, I had to say, if it's going to be a good food, it'd be barbecue yeah. because, uh, we have Dreamland Barbecue down here, man. It is fine. Sauce? It's Tuscaloosa. Oh, gosh, yeah. You don't okay. eat barbecue okay. without sauce. Like, okay. that's, that's, you just don't do it. So, uh, but Dreamland uh, started in Tuscaloosa and they was just spread out. It's absolutely amazing. But if I had to go with a snack, I would say an oatmeal cream pie because uh, <laughs> we're, uh, little uh, we're, we're big lovable and uh we're probably full of ourselves too yeah <laughs> well okay okay i've got a buddy uh go to church with he works for little debbie and um they are not allowed to do any work at all on sundays in fact like they fire people if they find awesome. out yeah if you if they they if they find out that you've even sent emails which i, I mean pretty cool philosophy for me uh, yeah okay with that so uh what questions you got for me man okay so my first question is if you could be any cartoon character all time which one would you be and why tasmanian devil absolutely why? um i love the tasmanian devil i kind of feel like the tasmanian devil quite a bit because i feel like i'm always going in like many many directions um but even though the tasmanian devil was always spinning he was always going towards one direction. So I like, I like to say, you know, there's chaos and there's focused chaos. And I like to say, 
at least I try, I don't know if other people's would say it, but I try to funnel my chaos into one direction, if that makes sense. It does. It definitely does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I totally hear you on that. Okay, question number two. If you, all right, let's say you had to eat the same thing for the rest of your life, okay? But you could have one snack per day. That was whatever you wanted. What would it be? Does it have to be the same snack every day? Yes, it has to be the same snack. So you get, you get like, you're going to eat spaghetti for the rest of your life, right? But then you get one good snack every day. And now it could be like, it has to be a brand of food. Like, so like ice cream or uh, snack cakes, or you could pick different sorts of ice cream or you pick different sorts of snack cakes. What would that snack be? Okay, licorice. Hands down, hands down. Um, my students at school know me for my lick. Well, I hope they know me for more than this, but they know me for my licorice because um, I try pretty much most days um, to walk around first period, um, pop into classrooms and just give random kids licorice. Um, they also know, because uh, I love doing parking lot duty, they also know when they come into the building every day, normally I have about five or six suckers in my pocket and I just pass them out to kids but then kids also know if they're having a bad day come into mr scott's office and get you a piece of licorice um yeah a couple sundays ago we woke up and the coffee pot was broke which is a horrible travesty at our house so my wife looks at me and she says we're going to cracker bro so we went to cracker bro yes <laughs> yes and uh they had extra long twizzlers on sale like uh they were two like i want to say two foot long twizzlers for four dollars a piece so i ended up buying like three packages and the kids dude kids loved me when i got to school the next day dude there's a there's a uh cracker barrel less than a mile from my house oh man so lucky yeah. <laughs> that's so great yeah it's it's a good and bad thing so i've got yes I've got a buddy uh, I graduated high school with. He, his wife is the head chef for all of Cracker Barrels. And then he now just started working. Yeah. Just started working as on Mark in the marketing, something to do head of something down at Cracker Barrel. And I tried to pitch this idea. I, I wanted Cracker Barrels to sponsor uh, rural high schools. Um, you know, just because rural education and Cracker Barrels seem to go hand in hand and rural education is broke. So I was like, come on, man, you know, you, you, this would be a great marketing ploy for you guys. It didn't really ever get off um, the ground, but if there's anybody from Cracker Barrel that are listening and they want to, you know, talk some time about this, um, hit me up. Do it. I'll cover Alabama. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Taylor. So uh, let's get going. Let's get rolling. Uh, first question I always like to ask um, the guys and gals that come on this show. Um, primarily, I'm just interested. Um, you and I, we have talked quite, quite a bit. And um, I definitely have a weird kind of path of how I landed in education field. And I, and I feel, you know, yours is kind of different as well so i'm very interested about how you know the um taylor at 18 when he graduated high school um became the taylor 
that um, really has a lot to say in the world of education right now? Well, uh, to be honest with you, Taylor at 18 had zero interest in being an educator. Never even crossed my mind that Taylor was like, I'm going to major in business and get some whatever. I was going to college to do college, not to go to class. Get it. And uh, which is why I went to college more than once. And so <laughs> I get that, uh, you know, and so uh, Taylor was really stupid for a long time. And then uh, the military really helped me change a lot of that and grow up. So I joined the army and spent some years in the army, um, did a deployment, really kind of learned how to be a man. And um, through that, I came back and I was working at Joint Forces headquarters. And uh, I was dating this girl and she asked me, she was a coach and a teacher. And she asked me if I wanted to volunteer coach. And I'm like, yeah, I love sports, why not? And so I volunteer at coach football and baseball and uh, helped her also with soccer. And I just absolutely loved it. I mean, yeah, sure. I absolutely loved it and fell in love with the kids, fell in love with just spending time there. And I found myself spending more and more time there, just volunteering to do stuff, whether it was cut the fields or, you know, help put stuff together, whatever it was. And, and as that went along, you know, I was like, I need to go back to school. I need to, you know, and, because I kept wanting to get into it, but I had to have a degree, I had to had to do these things. And so uh, finally just decided uh, I need to get serious about it. And I went back to school and um, went back to school, got my undergrad. And I said, well, now I've got this, let's keep going. Got my graduate. And now I'm like, okay, I've got this. Might as well go ahead and get my doctorate because if I stop now, I'm not going to keep going. So now I'm getting my doctorate and I'll finish my coursework this semester and be fully dissertation time and hopefully graduate next spring with my doctorate in curriculum instruction and uh, be able to be a doctorate, something I never thought I would do. I, I never even honestly thought I'd get an undergrad, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, after a while, people tell you, well, it's just not cut out for you or you just can't do yeah. this or that or whatever. And, and honestly, you know, honestly, it's not to anybody, whether you're a teacher or a student or whatever, nothing there's nothing out there that's not cut out for you like it doesn't matter whether it's a trade job whether it's a school job whatever it is if you're willing to work for it then you're going to be able to get it and it's not that i'm the smartest guy in the world i'm probably just one of the most stubborn is sure. all it is it's like sure. you know at some point it's just like the only person that can stop me is me and so as long as i'm willing to work i'm going to get there and so that's kind of what i did i put myself full force into it and i went from I had like a 0.75 GPA the first time I went to school. I did zero. And when I went back to school, I've had at every level, at least a three, five or better. So it's just about, it's not that I got smarter. I just changed what I was doing, dedicated myself more. So that the, the transformation is really, and I put, you know, 10 years, 15 years into a short thing, but I went from, I have no clue what I want to do. I just, to I'm going to be full-time military to I'm not in the military anymore. What do I do now? And, you know, I found a love and a calling for my life and education. So I dedicated myself to being prepared for that and fully diving into that. Yeah, absolutely. So I love stories like, like, like yours. Um, love those stories because being a guy that's at the high school, um, how many times a day I hear kids say, I don't have it figured out. Everybody wants me to have it figured out. I have no clue. And 
I constantly tell them that is okay. Like your purpose will find you. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you are put in particular place at a particular time for a particular reason. And, um, you know, yeah, you know, there are those people and I've met them that knew from the age of six or seven that they, they wanted to do for the rest of their life. I was not one of those people. You were not one of those people. Um, and a lot of our kids are not like those people. So it's really, really, really cool when we, as, um, I guess guys that are supposed to have it all together can tell kids, um, you know, it's okay. It's totally okay. You will, you will make mistakes. I promise you, I promise you, you will fall on your face between now and finding your purpose. But here's the cool thing. If you just get up every time you fall down, that purpose is going to find you whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And I never had, I never had zero, I had zero plans of being where I am. My whole plan was to get a degree so I could teach PE, maybe teach math and coach the rest of my life. That was my whole plan. Like right. if I do that, I'm good. And you know, now I've been on executive staff at one school district. I'm an assistant director of the school district I'm in now. It's like, Never in my wildest dreams would I ever dream I would be here or be talking to people like you or doing any of these things, but my path found me. Yeah. And I found my purpose, it put me on my path. And yeah. you know, that it I went I was 25 when I found that, you know, but I was 18. So it's it it comes when it comes, man. You just gotta keep moving forward until you find it. That's right. Yeah, I didn't graduate college till I was 27 and, and I know you have little ones and uh, I make it a point to tell my kids daily. Uh, about my path and about the struggles I had and you know I want them to hear um, that dad is is normal and uh, that their struggles are normal as well so uh, I, well, and I have a I have an old one too I have one that's about to be 20. Oh that's so, right that's right yeah you did say that yeah it's, so, it's I mean, funny it's not just it, it happens man even if you become a parent early stuff happens it does, that doesn't stop you from being your best it just that, you know, it gives you something else to do. That's exactly right. I tell my daughter, my oldest, uh, that she was the best mistake I ever made. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right. So the name of this game is the Big Ed Idea Podcast. So I'd be remiss if we didn't spend some time talking about your Big Ed Idea. Um, so kind of the stated purpose of this whole shebang is – for one person to get his or her vision um, out into the edgesphere, and hopefully someone listening will have the passion, the tenacity, the gumption, maybe the 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 will to want to do whatever you are talking about, and he or she will reach out to you, and you guys will get something going. So, I'm really interested. First off, you know, what is the kind of problem that you know, your idea kind of hopes to, I guess, solve. <laughs> well, I have a few ideas, actually. Um, so my main core, uh, who I am, kind of what I'm about, uh, starts with my be the compass. Okay. And my be the compass means, so when you're trying to find your direction, as you and I have both discussed, you're trying to find your direction in life, trying to find where you are. First thing you need is a compass because you got to know which direction you're going into. Now, that compass can point you in that direction, but it doesn't do you any good if you don't move, okay? So 
the start of that, and that's this is for students, just like we were talking about students that don't know where they're supposed to go. It's okay. We just need to find a direction to start moving that way. Sure. It'll become clearer the closer we get to it, right? We're not going to be able to see what's five miles off, but as we take those steps, they get clearer to us. So uh, part of Be the Compass is not only being a role model for ourselves and leading ourselves in the right direction, but in turn doing that for students and showing them that, one, you're going to fall down. You're going to, there are going to be obstacles in your way. There's going to be stuff that happens, but we've got to be the leaders to show them all you got to do is get back up and keep going. You know, we've got to encourage mistakes, encourage those things, and give them space to be who they are. It's not a one-and-done type thing. It's not a, this is your test, you're done, right? That's not how it works. It's, you know, we've got to keep growing and keep moving. Um, another thing that is part of that, and this is my big, big purpose, is I am in, intent on getting mental health professionals in every school system, okay? And what I mean by that is not a school counselor that has a PD session, not a teacher that has a PD session. While they can do great things, they are not trained professionals, and they can also do very dangerous things because they don't have the right training. They haven't been to school. My wife is a therapist. She went to six years of school for that. And the stuff she tells me, I'm like, I would have never thought of that. I would have thought that's a good thing. That's a bad thing. You know, it just, it is so important. We have an SRO in every school, sometimes two or three. Why do we not have mental health professionals in every school, not just for our students, but for our staff as well? We all struggle. We all have things we go through. So it is extremely important to have somebody that we can go talk to and know that there is nothing but me and them talking. There's no repercussions. There's no anything. It's just if I got to go tell them that I hate my boss and I wish I could punch him in the face, they'll just go, I'm sorry. And that's it. That's the end of it. You know, there's no repercussions there. Sometimes that's all we need. You know, students the same way. So is your idea, your idea is a little bit different because you're, maybe I'm wrong, but you're also saying we need to gear these mental health for our staff. Like we yes. talk, you know, we talk a lot about our kids and our kids absolutely definitely need more mental health services in the, in the schools. But like you're saying, um, I think what you're saying is we, we forget about the people. We forget about the staff needing the same things that the kids. So if you ever notice in school systems, we do all these things for our students. We give them awards. We have special days for them. We do all these things. We give them SEL, all this stuff. Do we do any of that for our staff? We really don't. What we'll do is go, oh, I hope you have a great day. Or, oh, here's a great meeting to feel better. Here's, here's an email. Yeah, here's a coat. I hope you feel great. Like, that doesn't help. Right. It's just, all right, you're an adult. Hope you feel better. Go have a sunshine and rainbows day. Yep. Like Suck it that up. doesn't do anything. You know, we, we just glance over our teachers and the thing we missed here is our students get to trickle down from our teachers. So if we're just focusing on our students, it doesn't matter what we're doing there because they're already getting that trickle down effect from their teachers and if their teachers are dying then our students are going to feel that and they're going to do the exact same thing. We have to provide the same things for our staff that we're doing for our students. And when we do that as a whole, we talk about the whole child all the time. Let's talk about the whole employee. Let's talk about, you know, all that stuff. It all comes together. Our whole building comes together in one unit. And if we're lacking in one area, it's going to take away from another area. So if we're feeding into our kids and we're not feeding into our staff, we're not really feeding anything because all that's doing is starving our staff and they're going to be grabbing at our kids for what food they have left. Right. 
And it's just, it's, it's like two angry bears fighting each other. It's never going to last. So until we can properly address things, I think personally, federally or statewide, it needs to be a funded position, whether it's just a mental health professional for the district. I'd love to see it in every school, but for the district, that would be a great thing because you could schedule an appointment. You go see somebody, you know, they could go to school. So that would be a wonderful thing. That would be a great step. Like I said, we have school resource officers that are there for kids' safety. Mental health is also for safety. You know, what, how many people, it, the things that happen in our schools, we always worry about people coming in from inside. The things that happen in our schools are almost always somebody that's already in our school. Yeah. So if we're not helping them mentally, we're not helping them physically. Yeah, one of the, I remember, I remember this vividly. One of the first things that I learned when I became a teacher, um, you know, because be, before you become a teacher, you remember education the way you saw it, which was um, the way I saw it was all my teachers had their stuff together. Uh, you know, they always came to school, nice dressed. They always had smiles. And when you become a teacher, you really get to peek behind the curtain and really see the brokenness, which, I mean, that's the whole world, right? But the brokenness of the staff. And what I really, what I remember really hitting me hard was the number of teachers that were on some type of, it's not a psychotic medicine, but like Prozac or Vivian. Antidepressant. Antidepressants, right. The, I, I have not seen any studies, but I'm sure they are out there. I would love to see the number of our educators that are on some type of uh, medicine like that because of the, like you said, secondary trauma, the stressors, the, um, you know, pursuit of perfection, which never happens. So then we feel like we are, you know, sorely like we're losing or something. But yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying. So what kind of, I guess what I'm, what I'm asking, you've said, like if maybe we could have, you know, one position in the school, but maybe from a, a an administrator or maybe from just a team member's standpoint, what is something that someone that is working in the school could do to try to help maybe the mental health of those around them? So I think, again, I'll tell you, first off, percentages are higher than you think. Like I said, my wife's a therapist. She deals with this stuff. The percentages of educators on and of is harder is higher than you think. Mm. Um, secondly, as an administrator, the first thing you can do is get with a professional. Don't try to do it on your own. There's tons of things on the internet and a lot of them are wrong. And even if you think you're doing something constructive and like, okay, one of my undergrads is in ed psych, right? So I have some sort of psychology background, but even I will think of stuff Unless it will be like, no, you can't do that because of A, B, C, and D. And then I'm like, I never thought about that. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, so that's the difference. So as an administrator, get with a mental health professional. Ask them for help. There are plenty of things that can give you plenty of tools, tricks, just little things that you can do that will help other people. And don't, don't wing it. Never, ever wing it. Get with somebody that's a professional. Ask them. Do what they ask you to do. If you need further, they're, they're willing to help you. They're, they're in the people helping business for a reason. They want to help people. So if you will ask them, they will give you all kinds of resources and let you do so many things. There's so many programs to where we always say we don't have money for this or that. There's so many programs. Like I know here, we have programs where kids and teachers can see mental health people 
for free if the school just asks, you know, or they'll charge it to Medicaid or, yep. you know, they'll charge their school insurance, things like that. It's just about the school reaching out and doing those things. So it's a matter of taking that step instead of saying just, I hope you all have a rainbows and sunshines day, say, hey, we're going to take this next step and we're going to find out what we can do for you. So a lot of that the administrators can do that, that the teachers themselves, you know, it's just about asking questions. And when you ask questions and you get an answer that perks your ears, you need to report that to somebody that can do something. Don't just sit there and say, okay, well, we'll talk about this. It's great to talk and it's great to, it's even better to listen because when we listen, we might not give some advice that can be hurtful, right? But then let's report it to somebody to where we can get somebody to talk to them. That doesn't mean we have to have a meeting with the principal, but we can schedule somebody to come in and just have a, have a talk with somebody to say, hey, let me know how you're feeling. Or, and even if it's another staff member, you know, just say, hey, we need them. And, and, and the third thing, I think th this is the biggest thing. This is the, the, by far the biggest thing is so many staff members will not say anything because they're afraid of what somebody's going to say back to them. Okay. They're afraid of, I'm going to be the crazy teacher or I'm we not going to be renewed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a crazy teacher, yeah. right? Like, yeah. But, but everybody's like, I'm not going to be renewed if I say this. I'm not going to be asked to come back. They're going to, you know, I'm not tenured. I can't say this thing, you know, and it, that has to go away. Yeah. We have to make it okay to say, I'm not okay. Yeah. And we have to be able to go, how do we help you be okay? What can we do to help you be okay? Not shut your mouth or you're not going to get tenured. And that's what it's like right now. If you say something, you're not getting tenured. You're not getting renewed. You're gone. And it, that's crazy. We expect these teachers to not have human emotions and not be vulnerable. And then we do the complete opposite with our kids. Yeah. Like you can't. Yeah, we absolutely. You can't have one and not the other. We absolutely do. Yeah, I've got two kind of reflections of, of what you're, because I completely agree with everything you're saying. I've gotten really good at telling students um, that come to me with issues that I am a professional listener. And I will listen to the cows come home and I will give you my, you know, if I've been through something similar, I will be very vulnerable about, you know, my own mental health um, struggles and my own um, addiction struggles and all of this. And I will lay that on the table. But when it comes to giving advice, I will tell them every single time I am not an expert because just like you're saying, I don't want to stand the chance um, and what's funny, my wife is also a therapist. She is getting ready to take her LCSW um, test. Hopefully she's studying right now. Um, but she has also told me that same thing. Um, there were, right when we got married for about five years, her and I did, uh, we mentored juvenile offenders through our local drug court. And I had the guys and she had the girls. And I learned really quickly, these guys have some really heavy things but I don't need to give them the advice. I can listen to them and I can refer them to the expert. So I love that you said that because um, I'll tell you listeners out there, if you were anything like me, teachers sometimes feel like the fixers. We feel like we have to fix everything. You know, we, we literally do everything, you know, sometimes everything but teach and we're not called to be the fixers. There are other people that can take that off our plates. Um, but the other thing that really struck me hard is something I firmly believe in that we are servants first and teachers second. And we have lost that, in my opinion, uh, particularly when it comes to our staff. 
Um, we're so busy wanting to evaluate staff and wanting to figure out if they should stick to our team. And if we, you know, within a month of school starting, we've already decided who, you know, we may want to pink slip for the next year um, instead of understanding kind of what these people are going through. You know, life is the hardest thing anybody ever has to do. And if, if somebody tells you differently, they're on drugs or they're an idiot. Um, and so, you know, I've gotten my, my, my teachers, one of my caseloads, I tell them point blank, look, if you need a mental health day, take it. Like if you need to take a sick day and you're not really sick, but you're just, you know, if you're spent, take it. You don't have to ask me because like you said, we need to get to this place in our school systems. And I think our country that mental health is a, I mean, an essential component of our well-being. And I think the, I think the hardest part for educators is they're so used to having the answers. Mm -hmm. And, but I would tell any educator this, like when it comes to this, I, it's so hard not to go, well, I would do this, or I think this, and, and I would tell educators, be a listener first and then be a repeater because a lot of educators want to come back with something so they know they heard them and they know they care. So repeat to them what you think they're saying. You know, do this one, go, well, this is what I'm hearing from you. And then when you do that, there's two things that happen out of that. One, you verify that you, that you know what they're talking about. So you have good information and they can say, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Two, you have validated how they feel and that you fully listen to them and they understand that you care about them. And then you don't give them something that could lead them down the wrong way. You just assured them, but you, now you can go to somebody with 100% certainty and go, this is what I know is going on with this person and we need to do this or this. And you have also not stayed silent in that moment. So you have, you know, you've had that communication with them without giving them something they maybe shouldn't have. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my listeners that are out there, um, statistically, I would probably say that uh, a majority of you that are listening have probably struggled with some type of mental health one time or another in your life. Um, I would say, especially in the present situation that we all find ourselves in, um, I would say if you have any of those feelings, reach out to your colleagues, um, to your administrators, let them know that you are struggling. Um, I promise you the vast majority of educators are in it because we, we truly love people. So don't be on an island. Don't be one of those people that thinks you got to go through the, the crap on your own. Um, if, you, if, if you're struggling, tell somebody. If you need a mental health day, take it. If your administrator frowns their nose at that, go somewhere else. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you know um so taylor as we start to kind of wind this episode down um i love 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 the idea um essentially that we need to normalize mental health for our staff just as much as we are talking about it with our students And I love what you are saying because we are in the people business first. We are about connections first, the content second. And I don't know. I just, 
you know, educators are, are, are a special breed. Um, there was a point in the history of the world where, you know, the two types of people that were the most revered in every community were the spiritual leaders and the educators. And uh, somehow we have gotten away from that. And I, I so want to bring it back. So I love what you were saying because our educators are struggling. Um, our educators do take on the secondary trauma of their students. Um, we are in a point where we have record numbers of Fs, record numbers of kids not turning in work. And that hits our educators super hard because they take it personally. Um, so as we kind of close up, Taylor, is there anything that you would like to say to uh, those folks out there that um, maybe also feel passionate about mental health? Yeah, I mean, uh, first, I want to tell every, every educator, um, if your content's getting away of your connection, throw away the content. Amen. Because we are so overloaded with, and we talked about this the other day, how many standards that kindergartners have. You know, it's just, they're kindergartners. If they can draw, if they can count to 20, if they can say their ABCs, send them to first grade, they're fine. Like they'll get it. They're not going to be behind. Like stop giving them five million standards. Let's just enjoy. Let's learn to enjoy learning and keep moving on. Right. And, and so compound that with what we have, if your content is getting in the way with you connecting with kids, stop the content, start the connection. The content will always come back when the connection is established. Always. Amen. So that that's all I can tell you. If you want the middle to get better, make the connection better and the rest of it will go, go a long way. I agree. I agree. Um, I said this last episode, but I'm going to repeat it because it's something I absolutely agree with and absolutely believe. Um, if you are struggling, I want you to take five days and every single day, I want you to walk into that school looking for God winks. I want you to walk into that school every single day. And I want you to find at least one instance where you know that God is winking at you. Um, you know, it, maybe it's when you walk in that door and, you know, you are really struggling, but that one student that always gives you fits, runs up and gives you a hug. That's a God wink. Um, you know, you go home and on your way home, you stop. This happened to me last week. You stop at the gas station. You look over, you see a kid you had in class 10 years ago. He does everything he can to get out of that car as fast as he can. He runs over across two lanes of cars and gives me the biggest hug just because of a connection we had 10 years ago. That's a God wink. Um, when one of your friends reaches out to you through social media, just to check on you, that's a God wink. Um, I promise you they are there. Um, but sometimes we have to be intentional of looking at them. Um, I would also challenge you to go through something I did personally called the gratitude challenge. Um, 20, 20 days, 28 days, whatever it is, every single day for 28 days, reach out to somebody, tell them how thankful you are for them. Um, get you a journal, journal about, you know, what you are thankful for. Um, look for three things at the end of the day that you were thankful that happened that day. Uh, one of our good buddies, Ben Koenig, he does that really well on his Facebook page um, because you can rewire your brain. Um, at rest, your brain looks for the negativity 
And I know you have said this before, Taylor, but there are two dogs that live inside us, a positive and a negative dog. The one that gets the biggest is the one you grow. So in closing the day, I just want to challenge all of my listeners out there to feed that positive dog, because I promise there is a ton of positivity going on in this world. Um, and probably not nothing more than in that classroom. So guys have a wonderful evening, morning, night, noon, wherever you are at. Um, if you have any questions, anything, hit me up. Um, Taylor, how can people get a hold of you um, if they want to carry on a discussion about this wonderful topic we talked about tonight? So I'm on Twitter at, at Taylor underscore does underscore it. And they can hit me up anytime if they want to talk or have any conversations. Uh, I'm in for it, man. However I can help, I'm ready. In like Flynn. All right, dude. I appreciate it, Taylor. Thank you very much. Um, give the twins a high five for me. Will do. Yeah. Um, and to my listeners, thanks once again. Um, you have listened to the seventh episode of the Big Ed Idea podcast. Um, stick around because it's only going to get better.